This episode is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code TMS. You just pay $5 shipping. Coming up on TMS, Petty Theft Auto. X brings it and then gives it to you. Hilariously racist. What do you call stealing a thing? I need to cash these chips. Ooh, shiny! History of must ard. Scott doesn't care enough to fix it. The first turn and cough. Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. For the pursuit of pleasure in our leisure time, cars provide us a personal, a private transportation system. Office safety isn't really a joke. The Morning Stream, a drifter just passing through their town. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to TMS. It is August 15th, 2019. I'm Scott. He's Brian. Hi, Brian. Good morning. Hello, Scott. How are you? Fine. I'm a little tired. Yeah. I think I could sleep after this show. I think I could just like take a nap, I think. I could... Well, maybe you should. I mean, uh, is there anything stopping you? Do you have a, What do you have after this on Thursday? I mean, I've got a giant list of things to do. I'm behind well, on everything, sure. but I don't feel great this week. Kind of just been a little off. Yeah. And I feel like you know, sometimes we don't listen to what our bodies say. Sometimes our bodies are mm-hmm. saying, hey, why don't you just lay down for a minute and just exactly. breathe? And you Could go, be no. an idiot and sleep. I have stuff to do, body. And I, I right. ignore it. But today, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll lay down. These video games aren't going to play themselves. I need to be playing games <laughs> and watching television programs. Right. There's all that. I did finally finish the... Uh, uh, I finished the final episode of Legion this morning, by the way. And I was oh. Like, oh, yeah, okay. They they did stick the landing as far as the the ending. Oh, they get, good. that's it, good to know. I'm glad to hear that. Because they're done, it right? It's like done, it, done, like never again, no it's more. Done. It's yeah. done, done, done. No more, ever, none. Um, mm-hmm. And they do, without really doing it, it's a very nice precursor to X-Men First Class. Oh, okay. I like that. They didn't really yeah. intend to, but you... Uh, I like the way that works because I like First Class quite a bit. Uh, it's uh, one of my favorite X Men movies. Yeah, it's one of the best maybe, for sure. Maybe second to Logan if you count that as an X Men movie. Well, which yeah, sure. Kinda right. Yeah. I mean, kinda. You got a few X people in it. Yeah. <laughs> X is gonna bring it to you. Sure. Yeah, X gonna give it to you. Is what I've heard. That's what it is. Not gonna bring it. Gonna give it. He'll bring it and then give it. It's fine. He can bring it. It's nice. He, that's what's nice about X showing up at your house. He brings it and then gives it to you. It's like the DoorDash of X-Men. Just brings it to you and then gives it to you. <laughs> so uh, that's great. And uh, that makes me happy because I am going to dive into that soon. I also finished the show yesterday. I finished um, uh, the, the season finale of uh, season mm. three of The Handmaid's Tale. And man, that show is freaking great. It's really cool. good, and I don't even know uh, why last night's was so effective, but they really nailed it and just got me completely emotionally wrapped up in that thing, and uh, I can't wait for you to catch up. It's very, very good. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? <laughs> Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. So wait, you must be a few episodes in then. We're, we're uh, two episodes from the finale ourselves. Oh, you're we not have, far. Uh, okay, all right. 
Yeah, we have the previous episode and then last night's episode or this week's episode, the finale episode. So, so you did the, um, you did the. So we did the. Was there one with the the Aunt Lydia episode already happened? Or should you get all the yes, backstory the Aunt on Lyd- her? Aunt Lydia backstory, yeah. the Aunt Lydia origin story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was something. And it's funny. Right at the beginning of that, I kind of called it like seeing uh, where it was heading. I'm like, oh, this is going to be this is this is the thing that's going to send her down the path. Yeah, the this, wrong path. this is going to be this is going to set her up nicely to be a an an aunt or whatever they call her class of right, uh, exactly. deal. It's it's just great. And if you're up to the second to last, I was I also liked the penultimate episode quite a bit. Uh, oh, good. Super intense, stu- good stuff. But man, that finale is so great. And I'll tell you what, best thing ever uh, having um, Bradley Whitford in that show. He's great in it. Yeah, he is great. He's great. Christopher Molini's or Chris Molini Molini. Is that, am I saying his name right? Chris Molini. Christopher Molini. Maloney. Maloney. Christopher Maloney. Yes. Uh, <laughs> fantastic little turn. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he was awful. He horrible human I being. I want to say, I think that was the last episode we saw. Basically, the last episode we saw ended with uh, the Kate Bush song "Cloud Bursting," or "Cloud Busting," "Cloud Bursting," "Cloud Busting." I think it is mm. with uh, the 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 off the uh, repeated line, "Something good is going to happen," and we were watching some good things happen in yeah. on the border of Canada. And oh yeah, it's really good, man. All, that's all I'm gonna say. Spoiler, people. Yeah, we don't want to spoil anything. It's fan. I mean, that's a show I would not want to spoil. It's very, very good. Um, yeah. All right. I wanted to do something dumb this morning, so I'm gonna do it. Okay. All uh, right. So enjoy this dumb thing I'm about to do. This is dumb, Scott. Dumb. It's pretty dumb. Uh, 1768. That's the number of the episode we're on today. 1768. Okay. 1768 episodes. All right. Okay. Although, you know, yeah. somebody pointed out the other day, there's probably parts or points during the show's run where I have either doubled a number or missed a number or whatever. We're pretty close. Okay, everybody. So don't get all your exactactness in a bunch. 1776. <laughs> or, well, actually, this is really episode number 1769 because you forgot to number one that was mm-hmm. I mean, the other day, I, I think it even may have happened a week ago. I think I went like, oh, that that reason. Yeah. Did you number? See. Did you number the one with uh, Dan Dan Tabletop Man? Or yeah. Was that like a we're good there. Yeah, I numbered track. it. Okay. But there's one of these. Let me let me pull up the RSS. Let me see if I can figure out what we skipped. And again, I don't yeah. care enough to fix it. But it was like, yeah, fifty. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. See, fifty-four, fifty-six, fifty-seven, fifty-eight, fifty-nine, sixty, sixty-one, sixty-two, sixty-three. Here it is. TMS seventeen sixty-four is missing, but not really. There is no. There's no missing episode. There was no episode. I just enabled. I labeled them wrong. You got all the episodes we recorded. I just oh skipped a number. Is all I did. So there's wow. That's uh. That's funny. Usually we might, you know, accidentally do two episodes that have the same number, but there just isn't. So there wasn't a 1764. No, there wasn't. I I mean, we had one, but we called it 1765. Uh, We should record a special 1764 episode of TMS. Yeah. Yeah. And there's probably others. That's the other thing is someone else should dig through the entire uh, current RSS and archive and see if they can find any others. And then maybe we'll do something special around those. I don't know. Like they're missing, yeah. like they're like there's some top secret show we never released to the public, but really we just I just screwed up the numbers. But anyway, today is 1768, and as a result, I thought I would tell you what happened on this day or on this in this year of 1768. 
Okay. So, okay. So, All right. So not on this day. We don't care about that. But in the right. year seventeen sixty, you know, this is this is super close. Like this is uh, uh, what six? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm doing my math wrong. Eight years before seventeen seventy six. So like we're we're leading up right to seventeen seventy six. Right, and some okay. of, some of these are, I think, indicative of that lead up. In fact, okay. For example, on April 9th of that year, seventeen sixty eight. John Hancock, remember him? He uh, his name mm-hmm. signed the thing, and now everyone says, "Give me your he's John guy, Hancock." Yeah, he's the guy who's. Uh, I just assume his notebook is just covered with his signature, like a like a twelve year old girl's peachy folder with Justin Timberlake. Oh yeah, because he's <laughs> John. Because he's John Hancock. He's required to Mrs. his whole life. Justin Bieber, <laughs> Mrs. Sally Bieber, <laughs> Sally Bieber, Esquire, Esquire, <laughs> Bieber. Uh, well, on April 9th, April 9th on that year, John Can- John Hancock refuses to allow two British cons- uh, customs agents to go below deck on his ship. He had a boat uh, mm. considered by some to be the first act of physical resistance to the British authority in the colonies. So he was nice. in the he was in the colonies. The British uh, the British were coming. <laughs> uh, the British custom agents were trying you know- to. <laughs> Get his shit, and they, he wouldn't let him go. He wouldn't let him go down. I was going to say, uh, uh, you know, there have been times uh, when I've come across a couple customs agents that I don't low, I don't let go below deck. Yep, if you know what I mean. Uh huh. Sure. You could tell them <laughs> stay above the equator, there, chief. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so that was a big deal. And then on February fifteenth of that year, this is a big deal. The first mustard was manufactured in America. Uh, and it was advertised, and it was it was uh, in Philadelphia is where it happened, where a lot of things happened. But that oh, year, really? in in the colony, uh, first mustard was manufactured, so you could go buy a bottle it, of mustard seem- for the first times. Yeah, surprising that uh, mustard uh, came from Philly. Like you'd think. Uh, I mean, cream cheese we know mm-hmm. came from Philly, as you know, cream mm-hmm. cheese came from Philly. Well, do we know that cream cheese came from Philadelphia, or did that come from somewhere else in Philadelphia? Just made uh, it famous. It probably just came from somewhere else. I bet it's actually it's what it's French. It's Neufchatel cheese or something like that. Neuf Neufchatel sounds right to me. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why I would have thought mustard. I mean, mustard came mustard came from the French, right? French well, is mustard. Didn't mustard come from? <laughs> well, there's other. Here it is. Archaeological excavations in the Indus Valley, that's the Indian subcontinent, have revealed that mustard was cultivated there first. The civilization existed about 1800 BC. The Romans were probably the first to experiment with the preparation of mustard as a condiment, though. They mixed unfermented grape juice. Um, they called that the must. I don't know what that means with ground mustard seeds called synapus to make bursting must. I'm sorry, burning must. Uh, or would other uh, uh, would later be called hence must must tard or must ard. <laughs> Forget no emphasis on the tard, it's ard. Um, must ard. Yeah, and they would use it a lot for like uh, spit roasted boar and that sort of thing. So it looks like we owe so the glad. Romans for it. There you go. So glad the uh, the etymology does not focus on the word on the part turd of mustard. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's well, it's uh, mouse turds that we've uh, you know mashed up and mixed with uh, yellow paste, and uh, we call it mustard. Right, and, right. And we, by the way, the French's part we made that up. That was just a company in 1904 here in America at the uh, St. Louis World Fair, where uh, French's mustard cool. was introduced by the RT French Company. So there's that. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, the point French. is, uh, in America, we had never made any of our own mustard until 1768, which is gotcha. impressive. Uh, 
Yeah. And, and now we're making mustard ice cream. Welcome to the future, everybody. Oh, my gosh. How far we've come or, or, or fallen, I guess. I don't know. How about this one? Uh, on June 21st, this is a big deal. Your dad would like this one. June okay. 21st, first medical diploma in America granted to Dr. John Archer from the College of Philadelphia. Again, Philadelphia. Sort of the hub of activity during the colonial days here in America. Uh, yeah, yeah, first d- diploma. I wonder who the first turn and cough was. Who the first finger in the bum? <laughs> who was that? Again, Philadelphia, though. I mean, look at uh, look at Philly all uh, all up in the, the business. I mean, it's not like we had a whole bunch of cities back then. We didn't have... Uh, uh, you know, Reno, Nevada. Nope. Back in nope. Didn't have any of that. Well, Philadelphia. I mean, there was a, there was a place, but there was no. Well, let's see. Philadelphia was a. Let's see. Were they the first colony? I don't. I've I've forgotten all this stuff from school. Colony. I thought Delaware, but I could be. I mean, Delaware was the first state. The history of Philadelphia, right. as told by Philadelphia.org. Uh, largest city in Pennsylvania at the time of the American Revolution was the largest and most important of uh, city in America, founded by William Penn as a place of religious tolerance. Its spirit infused the early steps toward independence. Uh, first settlers, blah, 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 boring, boring, blah, 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 blah. let's go down here. Let's see, Benjamin Franklin is from there, so he's their most famous citizen. Um, first and Second Continental Congress were held there. You know, that was just like the hub. That was the place, man. Mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. everything got. That's where everyone's hanging out. It wasn't, it wasn't Dover. No. No. People weren't hanging out in Dover. No, nobody, sta- uh, uh, nobody hung out in. Uh, wait, where was Dunder Mifflin? Where was that? Where was that? That was in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, nobody was in Scranton. No, messing around there. No, it was all <laughs> Philadelphia. Now they got the cream cheese and the and the, and the mustard uh, and the and the pretzels and the uh, the cheese steaks. You oh. can either get those over here at uh, at uh, Tony's mm-hmm. cheese steaks. You can go across the street to uh, yeah. Mike's cheese steaks. Yep, yep. Anyway, it turns out, so on this day.com is what I used. It turns out mm-hmm. cool. most of what they cover for this year of 1768 all have some connection to the American Revolution looming. Um, sure. Because that was just the big deal, right? Like, there's a few other things like a slave ship uh, from France sunk on sunk in Norway. Um the first edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica was published in Scotland. There's a few things like that. But most of this stuff is like British troops are encroaching on the colonies. The the French king is a dick. George III is a butthole. Like just a lot of stuff like that. So good stuff. How about this cool. one? Here's a boring one. St. Isaac's Cathedral is founded in St. Petersburg, Russia. Ooh. Ooh. St. Isaac's Cathedral. Is that, uh, <clears throat> that's not one I'm familiar with in... Uh... In in uh, I guess Red Square is in Moscow, St. Petersburg. Yeah, me neither. Let's you think see. of uh, St. Isaac's Cathedral? Is that still there? I wonder because that was pre-Soviet. St. Isaac's Cathedral. Let's see if we can get a view. Of it. Oh, that's a lovely building. It's still there. Uh, oh wow, that's beautiful. Here, chat room, you should see this. Hmm. This is a thing to see. That is, uh, it almost looks like somebody redid the White House. Uh, here, I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the <laughs> Really? Okay. Yeah, you yeah, gotta see this. kind of discussion here. It's kind of cool. interesting. There. There we go. Oh, wow, no kidding. See what I mean? It's like, a, it's almost like cosplay for the, what, for the White House or something. It kind of is, yeah, or for, um, right, for, for Capitol buildings across the, uh, the country with yeah. the dome and, 
Yeah, um, it's very interesting. And that one was founded also in 1768. Yep, that was built then. So look, I guess I guess what I'm saying is today's episode is a very important episode. We got all right. kinds of shit going on <laughs> that happened in history. So there you go. All right. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. Should we do the news? What do you think about that? Let's do the news. All right. I think we can handle it. Where's my thing <laughs> maybe i can't okay here we go this is your radio newscaster with another exclusive sensational summary of world and local events hey check it out it's the news and it is brought to you by brought to you by jambalaya leftovers mm. ask for him by name mm. that's what i had last night not that that was yeah, good for sure. me because i my tummy's all messed up but i still ate it Eh, it's good for the soul, is what that is. That's the weird thing, is even though I feel kind of under yeah. the weather and gross, I uh, don't have any loss of appetite. I've been eating just fine. So, One of these days, Scott, Tina and I got to be in, in uh, Salt Lake City, and uh, we are fully going to expect jambalaya. We're going to uh, require it as a, uh, oh, 100%. As a meal, yeah. prepared meal, because we've never had it. I don't think, I'm trying to remember what Kim made when I stayed uh, out there when we did the um that panel thing Did she not make it when um, you were i here? remember no but we had uh the asparagus that um oh that was good you touted beforehand and, and it lived up to every uh, bit of its name yeah she knows she how makes. to do those really well um that that's a crime that we've never that, that all of the nurtacular yeah. pre-shows or all of the times you've I been know. here you've never well, had her we couldn't wrestle uh we'd never be able to wrestle uh josh mayu away from the grill long enough to make something other than burgers and hot dogs right yeah, that guy was basically grill master 2000 he didn't want to get it off was. Of there how's he doing he's got like three kids now or something right what's he doing i think just i think just two. Oh, just the two okay <laughs> yeah. i just haven't heard from him but they're time. doing well i heard from them uh around my birthday and they're both doing very very well do you see them as like you used to see him you used to see him kind of no often. no it, it's uh difficult with uh you know with them especially with the the younger kids mm-hmm. they don't make it up to Denver very often and we really have no reason to go down to Colorado Springs for anything. <laughs> sure. Go down there and yeah. witness the um, the conservative hotbed of politics that is. Yes, exactly. That's about all we could do is yeah. we'd be able to go there and do that. That's that's it. That's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to today's <laughs> newsings, musings. Um, a man yeah. stole a cell phone while sitting in court on unrelated charges. This is, uh, to me, if you're going to be a, com- a criminal, you may as well just go all in like this guy. So here's what he did. Yes, exactly. Courtroom is a hall of justice where crimes are paid for, not committed. That is, unless you're a bold Michigan man who allegedly stole a cell phone while sitting in court on an unrelated charge. The East Point man was awaiting sentencing in Macomb County, or sorry, Circuit Court in uh, Mount Clemens to in connection with a 2017 traffic violation, according to news uh, released by a county prosecutor named Eric Smith. Uh, that's when he saw an opportunity too good to pass up. An unattended phone sitting on a bench. <laughs> Courtroom video footage shows the man sitting down behind his prize, or next to his, uh, his prize, beside it rather. Inconspicuous, inconspicuously, words are hard today. Placing his hat <laughs> over it, so he puts his hat on it. Okay. Right. And then maneuvered the phone into his pocket, seemingly unnoticed. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Brilliant! It's the old, it's the old shell and cell phone game. Yep. Just uh, which, which has it under? Yeah. So this is the funniest part, though. He was in in there for uh, a traffic violation. Yep. 
like I was thinking, oh, sure, like it's this guy who's going to prison. He's going to grab a cell phone and then he's got a way of communicating to the outside world. But he, he was just in there for a traffic violation, like something minor that and he probably he would have yeah. paid a little fine and walk out. And now he's committed of like full on larceny or I guess or whatever you call stealing a thing. Is that larceny? The felony uh, lar- uh, grand larceny. Sure, right? Sure. Is yeah. it? I don't well, know. it's not a grand larceny. It have to, has to be over a certain amount to be grand. Does it have to be over a thousand dollars to be grand larceny? I don't know how that works. What is? How does grand work? This is the show where we're going to educate ourselves and take the uh, audience <laughs> with us. I mean, for, we're going to just uh, we're learning stuff today. What is grand larceny? It is over a legally specified amount. Okay, so petty theft is under three hundred. Uh, th- uh, petty theft under a thousand. I must be right. So grand. Oh. Wow, so it's like grand is in a thousand dollar larceny. Okay, I love that. It's so it's so literal. All right, petty grand theft, grand larceny. theft. All right, petty theft, <laughs> petty theft auto would be a fun uh, video game spinoff from Grand Theft Auto, wouldn't it? Okay, right. <laughs> I'm just gonna borrow your car here. I'm gonna leave you my watch as collateral. Um, here's <laughs> let me sign this document here that says I will return your car. Yeah. I think you just steal a scooter that's like worth you only steal right exactly yeah. you only steal uh, big little, wheels and <laughs> yeah little little six hundred dollar Vespas that's it you're a still lot, you're still a just a, a, a petty a petty theft well anyway he does this and now they have court and footage of it uh, quote the audacity of this defendant is alarming he is already in court awaiting sentencing on multiple unrelated charges it says multiple I don't know what that means but anyway uh, he said in this release and yet he is captured on video t- breaking the law once again breaking the law. Breaking uh, the, the law, breaking the law. The owner of the phone noticed it missing and asked for assistance from the courtroom deputy who reviewed the video footage and found the culprit. The man is being charged with larceny in a building for a four-year felony, or a four-year felony, potentially. <laughs> there's there's a different, there's actually something called larceny in a building. Yep, larceny in a building as opposed to what? Larceny in the park, larceny in the... Larceny on a train, right. larceny on a plane. I would not do it with a goat. <laughs> And the word I would not have larceny on the boat. The word larceny is starting to sound weird. Doesn't that sound starting to sound weird? Larceny. Larceny, yeah, larceny, exactly. larceny, larceny, larceny. And that's what you get when you have Dr. Seuss write our laws, people. Yep. If I had a monkey, I'd name him Larceny. I think that'd be a good name for a monkey, like a little <laughs> spider monkey. Because they steal shit all the time, I, right? They're always taking stuff. I oh, like it. Well, oh, they fling larceny, poo, too. Say, and they poo, right? But they'll, they'll poo yeah. and they'll steal. So call him... Uh, Pooh Bags Larceny. That's his I full think, name. I think you're, you know, you're making a generalization about monkeys that I don't feel comfortable with, Scott. <laughs> they're, you know, you, maybe you had an experience with a thieving monkey at one point, but it doesn't mean they're all thieving monkeys. A, just because that, just because that monkey in Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. who stole, did he steal a uh, date? No, I guess he didn't steal dates. He just, well, I guess he kind of caught and ate a date or something, right? Well, he was eating a date. Oh, he's eating the date. That's and right. Then, Solo threw the date up in the air. Indiana Jones caught it and said, don't eat that. No, it's the other way Poison. around, backwards. It was uh, Indiana oh, Jones threw right, it in the air. Jones, right, yeah. and uh, Sully, 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 Sully. <laughs> <Sala>. <laughs> and said, bad dates. That's right. Right, bad dates, Indy. <laughs> Except he doesn't laugh, like I always make him laugh. <laughs> like Dr. Hibbert. Yeah, he doesn't laugh at all. But uh, yeah, little monkeys, they take stuff, and they, they uh, my, the one my dad owned pooped all down his back while he was driving uh, a car. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're mean little things. They're not very cool. Um, uh, <laughs> <right>. Even monkeys. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. 
<laughs> we went there with We got away with it. We're for those thieving monkeys. Thieving monkeys. Poop bag larceny. Crime ring. Monkey crime ring. Monkey larceny crime ring. Larceny in a building with a monkey. These are all movies yeah. I'd watch. I'd watch all these. Yeah, I know. They're, they sound like uh, Steven Seagal movies. Oh, yeah. Larceny in a building. Larceny with monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> On Deadly Monkey. Is he doing anything new? I wonder. What's he doing? Oh, just practicing his pronunciation of the word Putin. Yeah, probably just working on that. Let's see if I can find out. All right. According to IMDb, current projects in the works for actor, oh. writer, producer, uh, uh, hon- or um, uh, what's the word? Fel- uh, self-defense man, whatever guy. Sure, self-defense uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> what am I trying to say? Martial <laughs> arts expert. That's it's like the most boring Stanley superhero ever, right? Self-defense man. Yeah. Really doesn't get involved with anything unless he's pulled into <laughs> it, and then he just defends himself. <laughs> oh my gosh! I just found. I'm glad I looked this up. It's in. Uh, it's only been announced, but he is doing Above the Law too. Oh, of course. When was the first Above the Law? Hold on, that was back in the '90s, right? Yeah, his first movie was Above the Law in '88, 1988, oh, wow. and he's playing that same character in Above the Law two in 2020. Oh, that's exciting! He was just recently uh, Jake Alexander in a movie called General Commander. <laughs> I don't like that name. Yeah, what was the last? What was the last? Uh, all right, here's a good question. What was the last Steven Seagal movie you saw in the theaters? Not for film set, because we know that we had that that weird one with uh, like she was twins or something at the very end, or or no, it wasn't oh, twins. Right. What was the deal? It um, was. Uh, yeah, what was that? He was something uh, at the top of a building. I I blew that thing out of my mind as quickly as uh, as it entered. That was a horrendous, horrendous film. Uh, I think Under Siege. It would have been like 92. I haven't seen anything. Oh, no, no, yeah. that's not true. What's the one where he was on the po- poster but only lived oh, for like five minutes? Yes. Uh, uh, Mysterious Connection. No, uh, it was... Uh, Roseanne. Uh, no. Uh, Glimmer Man. No. Um, um, it was the one where he died outside the plane. Uh, Kurt Russell film. Executive Decision. Thank oh, you, Rainbow Bright. Executive Decision. That's it. You're right. That's Mysterious it. Mysterious Connection. That was the last one. That's the last one I saw. Listen to these names. You know what? Let's play a little yeah. game. Can you tell if these are All real right. Steven Seagal movie film names or if these are fake, if I'm making them up, okay? Okay. All right. Then I'm gonna, I, won't, I won't pull it. I was in the process of pulling up his IMDb. I will close mm. my the process of pulling him up on IMDb. How about this one? The Fire okay. Down Below. Oh, well, that one. Yeah, that's the... Isn't that the one where he's a Native American? I don't know. Is he? I don't remember that. Did he play a Native American? Is that a thing? Yeah, I think think so. Oh. Um, all right. Hold on. My mouse just... The one where me. he uh, defends uh, someone who needs defending. How about this one? The one where he... <laughs> <laughs> where he, someone needs defending. Great. That's perfect. Yeah. How about... Uh, Self-defense <laughs> How about China Salesman? Uh, I'm going to say that's a fake Steven Seagal movie title. You would be... Hold on. I'll give you the full treatment here. That is a correct title of a thing. China salesman? Yeah, China salesman. Is he someone who goes door-to-door selling China? Please tell me that's the case. <laughs> it's His name is Lauder, and that's all it says. I can't tell anything else. Oh. All right, how about Contract to Kill? Oh, I believe that's a real one. End of a Gun. Well, I feel like you're looking at these on IMDb, so I'm going to say that's another real one. All right. 
How about fire up there? Yeah, that's that's big because you're you're basically <laughs> taking fire down below. And- or whoops, I mean yes, you got that right. <laughs> uh, code of honor. Oh, for sure, that's a Steven Seagal. Thing. All right, well done. How about this one? Over siege. Uh, <laughs> how about the Onion movie? The Onion movie. This feels like it's uh, a possibility, like the like a like a little National Lampoon mm-hmm. kind of comedy, bunch of different skits kind of thing, and they might have talked him into it for for uh, a sum. I'm going to say the Onion movie is real. You are correct. He played a character named Cock Puncher. Okay, yeah. There you go. Had yeah. to be, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, attack Force. <laughs> Shoot, this actually sounds like it could be both real and fake. Attack Force. Uh-huh. I'm going to say fake. It's real. Oh, it's real. <laughs> They're all like this. Listen to these stupid names. Uh, kill Switch, Against the Dark, Driven to Kill, The Keeper, A Dangerous Man. Oh, he was a machete. I didn't know that. Hmm. Wait, is I that the uh, yeah the Robert Rodriguez movie that I never saw? Yeah. I never yeah. saw Machete. Did you see Machete? I think we... Didn't we see it for... Uh, I don't think so. Did we watch it for a film sack? Again, it's a, <laughs> that's a frequent phrase yeah. uh, with I me. I don't think Builder so. I, I think we saw... Um, you might be thinking of the badass again, because I think it's the only Trejo-led yeah. thing we've seen. That could be wrong. You hear he saved some little kid from dying in a car wreck? Yeah. You hear about that? Yes, because he's badass Danny Trejo. That's awesome. Um, the article never mentioned, wow. though, but his wife, I guess, helped him that was with him. By the way, when you do a search for a machete film sack, yeah. the uh, in Google, you get five movie posters for machete and then a picture of Randy Jordan. Wow. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know, but it's fantastic. Machete. Like, just do, see what works on yours. Film sack. I'm using um, DuckDuckGo. Let's see if it's any different. Oh, yeah, mine. Oh. Oh, yeah, mine's different. It says, okay. first link I get is hard target. Really? Yeah. You do a search for machete film sack and you get hard target? I get hard target. I get uh, an actual film sack link to matchstick men. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. The village. See, look, at the, look at the photo I just put in. Uh, oh, you just put it in the hooch? In oh, Discord. yeah, look at that. That's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, you know what that's from? That photo's from our website, so they must be pulling yeah. that's pulling from that. Yeah, it's it's saying yeah, exactly. Is it's Machete any good? Or is that a dumb thing? Should I not should I just not care and never watch it? Or is it is it cool? Like what's machete like? Is it good? Why do I feel like I feel like I've seen it and I can't imagine saying to myself, I'm gonna watch it knowing that at some point we're gonna watch it for film sack. You know, it's uh It does have that Yes, that has that feeling of like, why would I? Why would I ruin? Why would I burn this now when I know I'm going to have to watch this again with you guys? That is kind of how yeah. it feels. And wasn't Machete? It was. It was. Uh, it was in that Tarantino Rodriguez. Uh, uh, Desperado. No. Oh no 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 not uh, not uh, the other uh, one. They're still done. But no, the one that they did where they made two two. Oh, Grindhouse. Grindhouse thing, and then this was like a fake yeah. commercial, and then oh, they decided right. to this make it the, the thing. right. It was the trailer between uh, Planet Terror and uh, um, was Grindhouse the the name of the other one, or Grindhouse was the pair of was was called. Was I think the pair of Grindhouse them, right? was the pair, and it was supposed to be like this old seventies drive-in thing. Death Proof. That's right. Death Proof and Death uh, Proof Planet Terror, and, and that's Planet right. And then yeah. they did this machete trailer. And I guess people said, we want this as a movie. And so 
Robert Rodriguez said, sure, okay, I'll do this. I mean, the pictures are making me want to see it. Except for these naked ladies. All right. That, that, that doesn't make you want to see it? <laughs> I don't know. They're all, they're blurred out. Oh, what? I, <laughs> I don't know if I want to see sexy ladies crawling all over Danny Trejo or not. I don't know if that's the thing I want. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Mike Tyson in the news. Let's talk about Mike Tyson sure. for a second. The heir to the uh, Tyson chicken fortune. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. This is the boxer. Sorry, I got that wrong. Oh, that oh, that one, that Mike Tyson. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Tyson. Yeah, not the one with the, t- the chicken chunks. Uh, anyway, he says, he claims that he smokes $40,000 of marijuana every month at his ranch. Wow. For 40 grand in pot uh, per month. Is it a little bit of expensive pot or a lot of cheap pot? Let's see. Um... He's not only been a quite an advocate for marijuana while uh, hosting his podcast called Hot Boxing, uh, but he also explained the extent of his marijuana use in the latest episode of that show. That's well, a hot boxing is a is a pot term that I believe, and I could be wrong, but is it's uh, smoking pot in a smaller room mm. so that you get you're inhaling all the smoke from it as well, like the. Oh, like a hot the secondhand uh, smoke. That's what a hot box is, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I could be wrong, but um, wow, he has a lot of famous people on. Thank you, hon. My wife brought me some relief. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's play the intro of his podcast. I'm just curious about it. Okay. Let's oh God. See. Okay. Oh wait, we're. What is up, YouTube? What was it's the your most boy? expensive piece of jewelry you ever bought, Mike? Um, listen, right. You had the gold chains. Yeah, but I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I bought a gold chain for like seven million dollars. What? Wow. God, really? Is that, uh, is that all that is? Is just them talking about how much money they spend on stuff? Boring. I hear that in uh, two or three minutes in, they start talking about what happened in 1768. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, I thought we were the first to do that. <laughs> That's a bummer. Uh, anyway, he says uh, he was on, he was he was hosting the show, and uh, he says, "What we do with John Haycock didn't let a couple of customs agents go down below deck." <laughs> trying to do the trying to do the lisp. <laughs> it's pretty good. Mustard, mustard was invented. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of getting him. You're kind of getting him. Uh, I need to workshop that one. He says, "What do we smoke a month?" Tyson asked his co-host Evan Britton. He says, "It's about forty k a month. It's forty. Yeah, 40K a month. We smoke 10 tons of weed at the ranch a month, says Britton. I guess this guy's is like part of his posse. Yeah. Uh, Tyson broke ground on a 40-acre ranch earlier this year, uh, both to grow marijuana and research the effects of the drug. Really? The new company said on its website it aims to create better <laughs> cannabis for its customers. Great. Yeah, he's researching the effect. Yeah, yeah. getting high in his own like, supply is what I would say he's doing. That's right. I researched the effect of how sushi tastes. That's yeah. my uh, how gambling feels. Yep. I'm doing a gambling research project. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I barely did any gambling, by the way. I had this whole weekend in Vegas, and uh, oh, yeah, we never talked played, about that. You didn't do any. Yeah, I played craps once, or like one one session for maybe about forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah. Um, did some slots a little bit, but but really that was it. I mean, it was a lot of running around it was okay so Ooh. seven there were seven of us total in this in this little group okay gonna hear a and story uh there. i like that at times it was like herding cats oh, like yeah 
you know, it's like, all right, well, we got to get down the strip to, uh, we, we basically have this dinner reservation. We need to get down the strip. We can kind of take a leisurely pace and, and, you know, uh, walk down there at our, at our, uh, regular pace. Oh, cool. Oh, by the way, I brought some chips that I need to cash in at planet Hollywood. Do you mind if we stop in there? Oh yeah, no problem. All right. So let's make a little detour, go in planet Hollywood, start walking to the cashier's cage. Ooh, a Dolly Parton slot machine. Let's play. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Well, let's do that. Dolly Parton. 10, 15 minutes later. Oh, I need to go to the bathroom. All right. We'll wait for that person to go to the bathroom. Then we got to start making our way because now we're getting a little close to our reservation. Yeah. That person comes back from the bathroom. Oh, you know, I need to go to the bathroom too. So another person goes <laughs> to the bathroom. It's like, oh my God, people, do I need to put those leashes on you like parents have with their toddlers? Yeah. They've forgotten. Uh, they've, they've forgotten how to hold the reservation. Exactly. Exactly. Like I'm, you know, I I I did some planning on uh, some reservations and stuff, and left big swaths of of time wide open so that we could get from place to place, and also people would have time to do whatever they want in between things. But they'd wait until right before there was a scheduled dinner or something to like all of a sudden uh, decide. Yeah, let's uh, let's do this. Oh, shiny object. Let's look at this shiny object. Hey, yeah. there's something shiny over there. <clears throat> Brian, Brian's a very. I've always known you to be very organized and on point and ready to go and prepped yeah. and all of that. So whenever that sort of <laughs> stuff happens, I know it's somebody else in the group. I just know it. Like yeah, when you guys, oh, yeah. you guys were like incredibly late for that dinner uh, last time we were in Vegas. Remember that dinner we went to? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that wasn't. I and the whole time I went. This isn't Brian's fault. I know this isn't Brian's fault. No, it's somebody not me. else. No, I. Listen, I can tell people now because it's after the thing. Um, if you go to uh, coverville.com slash 50, F-I-F-T-Y, uh -huh. and enter the password hard8, H-A-R-D-E-I-G-H-T, mm -hmm. no spaces, just hard8, no, all lowercase, you'll actually see my itinerary for this trip. And you can see it's like, all right, we've got this plan, and we've got this plan, and that's it. And then this. <laughs> and we have a time for this and a time for that, and that's it. Everything else, do what you want to do. we got plenty of time. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Let's see. I'm doing the password. I just want to get in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is very very, very basic, very simple. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Yeah. Yeah, you're just... Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just that, the, look, the homies you hang with aren't, aren't down with the timing. They just want to... Uh -huh. Not super speedy homies. No. Nope. Yeah. Slow homies. Anyway, Mike Tyson's kind of a rapey bastard, so I don't know why we're talking about him. <laughs> he is a rapey bastard, yes. Um, you know, he went completely uh, bankrupt at one point from from the three. So he won $300 million as a boxer and then lost it all. I don't know where he's getting it now. Where are you getting forty grand to burn? I don't know where that comes from. I don't know what you Endorsements? Do. Or, I mean, I guess, is he endorsing anything? What is he doing? I don't know. He can't be know. making it all from his... Uh, from his podcast. I don't think so. Silly. I don't I don't know how he's doing it. I mean, and how is the hmm. podcast anything more than just kind of I mean, are, are anyone here listening to that show? Like is it good? Is it like the kind of show that would is it just like a rubberneck kind of oh my gosh, I got to hear this train wreck every week or is it go good? Yeah, maybe. He has maybe. like I actual I bet you get a mix of people who are like big fans of his of his boxing career and also fans of of what he's done since or the you know the 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 kind of name that he made for himself with the hangover and shoes and endorsements and stuff like that but i don't think he's doing anything he's doing well enough to spend this, 40 grand on pot i guess is yeah just got that money he also yeah. has um 
<laughs> yeah, my Jeff potatoes. Ashley says, no, I'm too busy listening to the show where two guys talk about what happened in the year of the episode number they're in. <laughs> and throw shade on, on uh, kleptomaniac monkeys. Sure. I mean, you know what you're getting into here, though. You know what's up. Yes. We have yes, to exactly. earn. We earn the stupid. So, uh, get in line. Wow. Mike Tyson... According to Pops and Recline, he sent me a link to Money Inc. where you can see Mike Tyson's <clears throat> net worth, mm-hmm. um, which is currently at about three million, which feels low for for what he's done. Well, he had three hundred million at one point. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um, he has posted a video called Mike Tyson's Top Ten Rules for Success. Okay, that's, that's kind of funny. Wow, I hate to see number nine. I mean, number, <laughs> number 10 that appears to be get 3 million back but it's right one exactly is, I somebody's ear off <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute how long would it take to burn through 3 million dollars if you're spending 40k a month in your own pot I wonder what that goes like let's see uh, three mil- I'm gonna do the math here 3 yeah. million oh my gosh I can't type three- that's not 3 million Three point or no three comma zero 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 comma zero zero zero. That's three million, right? Three three and then six zeros six after zeros. it is three million. Yeah, that's yes. what we got there. Okay, so we okay. got that, and we're gonna say divide that by forty k. Sure. Uh, divided. That's a by, four with four zeros after it. Well, a four, <laughs> a zero, and then comma, and then one, two, three. <laughs> you All right. to worry about the comma. <laughs> the number uh, is, it will take him 75 months to burn through that money. Uh, oh, right, 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 because it's 40000 a month, right? Yeah. Sure. So 75 months. Uh, well, I mean, not that, uh, not that he has, I'm sure he has other expenses. Six years, a little over, little over six years. Yeah, so 75 months divided by... Um, 12. 12 is, oops, why didn't that work? Should be a little over six years. Why am I 12? 6.25 years. Yeah. Exactly what you said. So <laughs> if he keeps going at this rate and doesn't make enough on his pop business to cover it, he's going to be, he'll be out of money again. That's a lot of money. I would, I, I'm guessing that there's a little bit of exaggeration in the 40000 a month. I think that he has somebody who buys the pot for him, mm-hmm. and they probably tell him, uh, yeah, I need another 40000 Mike. Uh, yeah, we're out of pot. Give me another 40000 mm. You're probably right. Also, if he's if he is, quote-unquote, growing and doing research on pot, he's probably making money from that, right? Yeah. He's got a 40-acre ranch. Yeah. That's, he's probably doing okay from other things. I don't know where he's... Uh, There's probably a little bit of shady stuff going on. I don't know. I don't want to assume uh, anything. I don't know. He's had a history of, uh, you know, shady, yeah. shady yeah. shit. But sh- boy, he sure could punch back in the day. We'll give him that. That's right. <laughs> uh, hey, here's a cool thing. A New York City-based uh, director uh, found himself on a private jet experience, but only paid for a passenger flight. Uh, he got the whole thing to himself because of a screw-up in uh, reservations. Uh, so check this out. He put this video up online. His name is Vincent Pione. I uh, told news outlets he landed on a solo trip after his morning Delta flight separated by SkyWest Airlines out of Aspen, Colorado, uh, was grounded last week. He was given two travel alternatives, one flight. Uh, I love this because it has Colorado and Salt Lake City uh, connections. Mm. Part, part of the way. Oh, cool. 
says one flight around noon and another later in the evening, when he, uh, which he selected. He told NBC News, that flight bound for Salt Lake City, Utah, was the first leg of his trip home to New York, where he was headed to see his grandfather in the hospital. When I arrived at the gate, the tiny airport was completely empty, so I approached the lady at the gate who told me I would be the only passenger, he told NBC News. <laughs> uh, he wasn't sure there uh, was a need to make an announcement, but told her, oh, please make the announcement and pull <laughs> and pulled out my phone. Everybody in the Sky team from that point on got a kick out of it and played along beautifully. <laughs> so basically got her to go, uh, all passengers for flight, whatever, whatever, please board now if you're in zone, whatever, right. even though they know he's just the one guy. And totally. Oh, I'm hoping like I'm I'm hoping they go through the entire spiel of like explaining how the seatbelt works and where the exit doors are and It's so good. Like, sir, sir, are you paying attention? Please take your headphones off, sir, please. Listen, please. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> and you got to, sh- you got to shake the uh, bathrooms are located <laughs> in the back. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, tell him where the <laughs> make sure you come come around with a cart, just the one big cart. Come back right, around the for one the cups. cart with yeah. all the all the drinks. What can I get for you, sir? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. But this has uh, happened before. I've, yeah. I've heard of this happening. It happens sometimes, right? Like it's a thing. Um, mm-hmm. the video. Well, now the video is playing. God, they had to lose so much money on that, right? Because, I mean, it costs. It's so expensive to fly a plane from one place to another. Oh, yeah, the for sure. gas and the you know, whatever uh, charges you get from going to airports. I think they charge you, right? Yeah. They say you have to pay. <laughs> you yeah. can fly here, but you're going to pay X amount to land. Yeah, you're gonna. it's going to cost you money. This is So this Aspen Airport is this tiny little... You guys have an airport in Aspen, I guess. I guess you do. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little uh, walk out on the there. you walk out on the tarmac kind of deal. Go up a little ladder kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One gate. I haven't done that in a long time. I did that when we used to go to Idaho. We used to go to uh, Declo, Idaho. Hmm. Or no, where was it? Wherever it was, it was like a little uh, puddle jumper shit plane, mm-hmm. and uh, it was great. Anyway, well done, think, that guy. I remember the last time I actually walked on one of those. Uh, Roll up to the side of the plane um, staircases. Ages for me. It has been, yeah. 20-something years. Maybe maybe Hawaii or maybe... Uh, hmm. Oh, yeah. TVZ yeah, Gun says that's the way the Provo Airport... Yeah, the Pro- we have we have municipal airports out here, too, and, they, and they're and they all like that, I guess. I just I just don't have any reason to use them. But, um, yeah, small regional airports. Tom was talking about how, I guess, now there's, like, really uber-cheap commuter flights from L.A., to Salt Lake for like nothing, like thirty bucks hmm. or something. I can't remember what it was. It's super low. Wow. So he and I were talking. We should do some like little yeah, quick, no quick trips, you know? Like he could come in the morning, do some stuff, and be gone that afternoon. No kidding. For thirty bucks round trip, or thirty bucks each way. I yeah. assume each way. It's something like that. Like sixty bucks a flight. Which is pretty crazy. I wonder what it would cost for me to go to. Let's look up the old Sky Scanner. Sky Scanner. I do love this app. Sky scanner. Um, and let's just say, let's say that on a on a moment's notice, we decided, all right, Brian, uh, why don't you come here and do um, TMS. Uh, do like a live TMS special? Live TMS. Sure. Yeah. So let's see here. Salt. Salted Lake City. Salted Lake City. And I'm, and I'm going to plan this out like I'm leaving and uh, arriving the same day. All right. 
Um, we're going to say August 20th, so we're going to say next week, Tuesday. All right. I'm not doing this, Scott. Don't, no, no, don't no, worry. I know. Not... I know. But it'd be like, you, you, this is a good experience yeah, still... because it'd be like a week, right? And that's how you would probably still do expensive. it. expensive, 247 But then again, I mean, that is that is like uh, only five days away. If I were to plan it further in advance, maybe there's some little puddle jumper. But also, it's not pulling up things like, um, and maybe because I've got settings on here to, mm. to not include Spirit or JetBlue or... Oh, it could be. Anything like that. I can't remember what he he tried to explain to me. This is before he left, so now I won't know until he gets home. But uh, I could probably text him. But he he described it. And it seemed pretty neat. Like it was just a really cheap way to to do it, and it was set up because there's a lot of commuting happening between SLC and LA. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of people. Here just we go. Fifty-seven bucks if I do just planning ahead and saying, all right, let's let's uh, pop over someday in October. Fifty-seven bucks round trip. Jeez, that's not bad. See, no. Yeah, fifty-seven round. That's uh, so October 20... 9th, If I want to fly out there on Frontier, sixty dollars round trip. That's crazy. See, that's crazy. Let's just do it. Let's just do it, Scott. I'm going to come out there. We're going to do a live uh, TMS. I'm going to fly back that afternoon. Let's do it the week Kim's in. Uh, Kim might be going to London with a friend. If she if she does that, you should come here and we'll just crash. It'll be great. <laughs> be fun. Video uh, games and doggeritos oh, all man. day long. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Brian will be so off of his, off his freaking diet. Oh yeah, exactly. Weight uh, Watchers doesn't even have Doggerito in its list. No <laughs> search functions. All right, my favorite story of the week. Uh, before we take our break, a man yeah. wearing a TV on his head, kind of grosser from Gross Point Blank style, uh, <laughs> caught on camera leaving old TVs on Virginia front porches. So TV head, walking around with an old TV, putting the TV on your porch and walking away. Doesn't ring the bell, doesn't do anything, just leaves it there. People are catching it on their like uh, ring cameras and stuff like that. Uh, these are residents living it. in the Virginia neighborhood. I said <laughs> Last night, Dave Michael, I sent him a text and said, this is you, isn't it? Because he lives right there. This is like his zone. <laughs> oh, does he really in this area? That's funny. He's like, you got me. Anyway. Sounds like a great gift until you see the older box sets left at the homes. He's committing. Uh, he's committed to his trade, says homeowner Jim Brooks Bank. Uh, sorry, Brook Brooks Bank, not Brooks Bank, not yeah, Brooks, Brooks Bank, Bank, <laughs> not Spank, Brooks Bank. Uh, no need to adjust that dial. Doorbell surveillance cameras capture the man with a TV over his head, laying an older set down on someone's porch, and then just sort of walking off. Uh, he wants to be known as the TV Santa Claus. I don't know, says Brooks Bank. Uh, the bizarre discovery happened Sunday morning in Harenko, Hampshire neighborhood. Outdated boxes were found at more than 50 homes. Um, we got an old tube-style TV, a 13-inch, says Brooks Bank. Uh, I thought my son brought it home, but apparently not. And uh, let's see. Let's, I'm going to find this video because you got to see this. It's in the link. Um, oh, yeah. No, I've seen... Uh it's weird. This is great. Isn't it weird? It's it's weird, but it seems like something that somebody would do like, all right, I've made note of where all the houses are around that have ring doorbells and I want to I want to be on the news for doing this. I would do something like this if I had the wherewithal. It would just be really funny to like go and do this and be on the the news. Something weird happened in Henrico County, Virginia the other day. You knew. Nevada, you... Colorado, a man wearing <laughs> uh, a Mr. Slim Goodbody muscle suit uh, left Totino's pizzas on people's doorsteps. <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> Let's get a Patreon level. Now it's been done, though. TV Guy did it. Yeah, it's true. Now TV Guy's done it. But uh, yeah, like plus, uh, plus if, you do run into the possibility of just getting shot. Oh yeah, like no, there is yeah. always the possibility. Yeah, you got to be careful. I I would say that uh, this is 
what he exactly what he wanted. He wanted something to go viral, and so he did it. Exactly. Exactly. There he is again. Puts it down. He's wearing a big jumpsuit. I kind of love this guy. It's almost oh. like you know your. It's like, it's like one half of um, Daft Punk escaped and is just drunk mm-hmm. and out doing weird shit. And the other Daft right. Punk's he, like, oh, he does it, this does it so slowly and gently. Yeah, and he looks right at the camera and then turns. Around. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's pretty oh, good. Oh man, it's pretty good. I think yeah. I, I think I love that guy. And there's the, now they got the cops have this full, fully loaded trailer full of like 50, 60 tube TVs, right. which nobody <laughs> wants. Well done, whoever did that. You're the Banksy of our generation. Yeah. Nice job. If we didn't already have uh, a Banksy of this generation, you'd be the Banksy of this yeah. generation. Nice work. All right, we're going to well take done. a break. When we yes. come back, my sister Wendy will be here. we got a big one to talk about. And uh, we've been holding it for a couple of weeks, so uh, we got a big email we're going to read. And it's uh, going to be quite the read. Cool. Anyway, we'll get to all that in a minute. Okay, we're back, everybody. That was freaking weird, but we're back. And uh, Brian's going to play a song, and then Wendy will be here, and then off we go. Brian, what song do you have? Well, uh, when you think of Mobile, Alabama, you think of uh, probably great food. You think of being on the Gulf. You think of uh, all these great things. Do you think of reggae, Scott? Yeah, once in a while I think of reggae, but not for any reason that I know of. I don't know why I think of reggae. Okay. Yeah. Well, apparently Mobile uh, has a reggae band, and they're called Sloth Racer. They've got a brand new album called I'm Okay, and uh, they are a reggae and rock influence band from the Gulf Coast area. High level of energy with our catchy original tunes that combine the genres of the roots of the the, the, the songs and the music that inspire them. This was released last fall, the EP I'm Okay. Here is Try Again. Nothing's changed since that day State of emergency Here's my urgent plea Won't you stay? Won't you stay now? Been struggling to tell you I still can't let go It doesn't take too much nurture Make this love grow We've done this before, girl But to no avail But we can make this right Try to burn out bright Catch the wind and set sail But maybe it's been far too long Or maybe our love is wrong It doesn't matter to me Let's face the world And tell him we belong But maybe this will never end but maybe we can play pretend It doesn't have to end our story Maybe we could try again Oh, maybe we could try again Dear, there's no running from this one You took a piece of my soul Why don't you come back round my way Make my life whole Help me in this endeavor It won't be hard to amend So please don't give up yet Be my Juliet before this chapter ends 
fair listeners it's me scott johnson to take a moment to talk to you about the days when you were always ready to go yeah that's right now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed listen up bluechew.com that's like the color blue blue b-l-u-e you know blue and then chew.com brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved ingredients as viagra and cialis i'm saying those both wrong right viagra and cialis you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And because they're chewable, they'll work up to twice as fast as some sort of pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is a prescribed online product and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They are uh, made right here in the USA. And since Blue Chew appears, or excuse me, prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code TMS. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com and the promo code TMS. Try it for free. They're better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them. In the comings and goings of everyday existence, cars have become an everyday necessity. And nobody knows it so well as we drivers. We have entire zones, dead and silent, that have entirely succumbed to this unholy plague. The Morning Stream. Sweep the leg! All right, we're back, everybody. Seems to all be in order now. Oh, podcasting. Yeah. You're so tricky. Oh, Sometimes. Discord. You're so tricky. 
Uh, welcome back to the program, everyone. We are certainly glad to have you here uh, continually as we ever forward and never backward in our lives. Uh, we got to get Wendy in here and talk about a thing. Give me two seconds to do that. And uh, we'll talk to her. Let's see. <clears throat> this will be the last time we talk to her until she's physically here. Whether that means we'll get her on the air while she's here, I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. It'd be so cool. It'd be very cool if you can. Seemed like a good opportunity to try to pull that off. Well, mm-hmm. lost her. Hold on. Let's try that again. Uh, ring. And uh, we'll see if we can get her in here. I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we're fantastic. Good. I'm glad that worked. I was having some weird glitchy stuff, and I was worried it was going to affect you, but I guess we're okay now. Hey, you guys, look who it is. It's my sister, Wendy. She comes on Thursdays. We talk about stuff. Uh, you weren't here last week because you were in Chicago. So before we get going too far, I would love to know uh, your your current uh, uh, take on the world of Chicago. That's a cool town if you know where to go, right? It's a mm-hmm. super cool town. I really love it. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I had only been there one time before, and it was like November or something. So mm. that's a very different very <laughs> different experience yeah, yeah. Although, although it was pretty hot and muggy then if you were here there in the middle of uh early part of august so. yeah. yeah you know we were there like the last week of july just before okay. you know august started and we had absolutely perfect weather no yeah. mugginess mm. 75 maybe Jeez. the whole time it was perfect, perfect. that's yeah great. i was like wait a minute chicago what is happening global cooling so glow it doesn't even exist anyway it was awesome <laughs> yeah it was awesome um and we it was so fun to see our friends and we got to speak swedish the whole time and we got to talk about people in front of them in swedish which was awesome did you um <laughs> did you retain your your swedish uh, yeah, stuff? yeah pretty good i mean i think if you can hold conversations for two days that's a good sign yeah mm. I was tired by the end. I was like, okay, can we just speak English? Because I'm tired. I've, uh, I've only been there one time, and it was in uh, the late 80s, and it was so hot, and I'd never been anywhere quite that hot. Like, that was the hottest climb or the most humidity I'd ever experienced because I pretty much lived out here yeah. in, you know, western dry land all the time. And so I thought I was going to die there, but the sound it sounds like you didn't have to deal with that. So that's fantastic. <laughs> no, yeah. it was lovely. It was lovely. And we stayed, um, this is funny, we stayed in this, we rented this kind of beautiful house that um, was has been redone. It was really nice. But it was definitely in probably a neighborhood that hasn't been safe for a long time. <laughs> mm. Um, but has is turning over a little bit. Is just kind of in a in flux. You can tell. Would that, anyway. be, would that be the south side? It was the south side. Um, yes, I've seen Shameless. Yeah, <laughs> it was great, and people were so nice, and we had a great time. But it was it, our Swedish friends were, you know, not a lot of black folk in uh, Sweden, and so they were hilariously racist about it. They were just like, I don't think I'm safe. And I'm like, why don't you think you're safe? Mm-hmm. They're like, well, I don't know. This neighborhood seems dodgy. I'm like, why? Let's just get right. butter good. I'm in there yeah. like, yeah. I don't know. That sounds you're like, just, look at you like doing, playing therapy on them. Yeah, I, know, I, like it. I like it. I like it. Sneaking it in. But it was, I had some really interesting experiences. We could talk about this on another show. Just mm. like, the, the the you know the concept of white spaces versus black spaces of mm-hmm. you know you sort of feel like you have the right to this and that because you're white because that's mm-hmm. how you've always experienced it but i had a couple experiences on this trip that were really it made me aware of how entitled i am mm-hmm. <laughs> what a brat i am and 
So anyway, it was a, it was a it was an interesting uh, cultural experience, but also just like beautiful and so fun. And the beaches near there um, just have this gorgeous building. I felt like I was walking back in time. Anyway, it was very fun. So we had a good time. Well, that's good. I'm glad everything cool. went well. We're looking forward to seeing you and the kids uh, next week. I guess Adam's not coming at uh, some kind of promotion. He is not. Thing. So he he got a job here and is starting on Monday. So oh, jeez! Great timing. <laughs> it's terrible timing. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, and I was like, I am not driving uh, <laughs> all my kids 48 hours to be there for 48 hours. Yeah, so, that's, that sounds yeah. awful. So, Ugh. It sense. does. Yeah. So we are going to, we'll fly and then have a little, it's only three hours when you do it that way. Yeah, so. no, it'll be great. We'll uh, we'll have loads of fun while you're here and I'm pretty stoked to see your kids. I, I was telling her yeah, this last night, but we just, I feel like I haven't seen her kids for so long, even though we kind of more recently have, but they were in Sweden so long, they just grew like crazy, and now one of them's like six one or something, isn't yeah, he? It's like six two. Six two? Oh my gosh, he's an inch shorter than me. Is all? Are you only six three? I think yeah, you're six, six three. Are you shrinking? Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Got the osteoporosis <laughs> kicking in. Physics, Gra- gravity, physics, you know. gravity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're getting big. They're yeah, you'll. They're fun. They're I can't wait fun. to see them. Very excited. Anyway, uh, we'll get to today's uh, therapeutic moment here. We take your emails sometimes. Sometimes we just talk about topics. Today's one of those email days, and we got one a couple of weeks ago that I think has sort of been just on the back burner and uh, burning away for us to take a look at. It comes from a listener who I know fairly well uh, as someone who's been listening and around the community for a very long time, many years, um, way back in the early Extra Life radio years, like 2005 and stuff. Um, <clears throat> so this is a really, I'm not going to use her name, but there's some, some pretty gnarly stuff to unpack in here. And so I am going to just read it as is. And Wendy, we'll see what we can do. You all set for this? Yeah. All right, here we go. Hey, Scott, I have an issue that is not going away. I am reaching a boiling point about it. I genuinely don't know what to do about it and thought perhaps Wendy might have some pearls of wisdom to share. Here's my background. My dad and I have always had a decent, if not particularly close relationship. He's always been sort of the world's most awkward human. He's 79 uh, years old now and has always worshipped at the altar of Ayn Rand. And as long as I can remember, I think he, uh, he has read Atlas Shrugged at 17 and has reverted, uh, referred to it or revered it like the Bible ever since. He regurgitates her philosophies ad nauseum and considers selfish, uh, selfishness a virtue to the point of viewing any sort of charity as socialism, which, of course, to him is the ultimate evil. I guess we should say, for those who don't know, Ayn Rand's uh, Atlas Shrugged is is a very controversial bit of, uh, what do you call it, um, f- philosophy, right? Very yeah. in- individualism is is like the pinnacle and, uh, yeah. Doing things for other people it. is a waste of time. Um, yeah. It's, you, you should never, you know, it, it basically just flies in the face of anything like charity or community or, you know, any of that stuff. So some people really like it in, <laughs> in, in political circles, which is also concerning. But anyway, if, for people who don't know, maybe, maybe go, uh, Google that and you can learn more about it. Anyway, Google, but don't think it's the Bible. No, please don't do that. Um, All right. He says this. Ever since my stepmom died a couple of years ago, I have struggled to maintain a relationship with my dad. He texts me every day just to let me know he is at home and has had dinner with the same exact text every day. Quote, I am in and have had dinner. Love, dad. Not how was your day. Not how are your kids. Nothing. Just, uh, sorry, not even 
uh, when I try to spark his interest with leading questions or try to ask him about his day. He just gives very terse, very disconnected answers. He's just not interested in anything that doesn't affect him directly. Again, very Atlas Shrugged. Uh, since my stepmom's death, my dad has gotten more and more sucked into Fox News and the cesspool of super right-wing news groups. I am politically left-leaning, uh, particularly on social issues, where he believes that gay people should never be allowed to, to have or adopt children. So obviously talking uh, about anything to do with current events is out with him. As a side note, my sister was murdered by her husband eight years ago. And this was a rough period for her and all of us here when we learned about it. So I'm sure that some of the Fox News rabbit hole is some unrelated depression. He is a diehard atheist, so absolutely, uh, so obviously church or any other religious or spiritual avenue is out. And to my knowledge, he has never been to a therapist for his grief. Um, I would bring him to see my therapist, but she is black and he is an old Southern white guy, uh, complete with old Southern racism. And I don't think that would go very well. Yes. So... She says, I go out of my way regularly to make sure we take him to dinner, but there have, uh, they have gotten more and more forced, awkward, and stilted as time has gone on. During one of the most recent ones, he talked about having gone to see Avengers Endgame and that he didn't like it. I asked if he had seen the other 22 Marvel uh, movies in the MCU, and he said, no. Well, duh, Dad, of course you didn't like it. You can't read the last <laughs> chapter of an epic novel and expect to know what's going on. He said, well, I also didn't like that they uh, made Captain America a woman. <laughs> he says, she says, huh? <laughs> and uh, told him, no, they didn't, Dad, which is true. They didn't. That's really weird. Why would he say that? I'm trying to think why he would say that. Yeah. Well, if he's maybe thinking of the DC Captain Marvel, you know, and. Oh, Marvel. Uh, That's yeah. what he's right, 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 right. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, she, she kind of goes into that. She says, he says, uh, yes, they did. They started, uh, I started to think and I got a handle on what he was trying to say here. My kids were looking at him. Like he had lost his marbles. Do you mean Captain Marvel? Yeah, they shouldn't have made that character a woman. Uh, Dad, Carol Danvers has been Captain Marvel in the comics since 1968. And then he said, oh, well, my friend who went with me didn't like it either and then spent the rest of the meal in silence. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. It just, I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. It's just funny. Anyway, I tried to pivot to talking about something else and he just reimagined uh, disengage or sorry, and he just remained disengaged for the rest of the meal, I guess. That uh, had to do with him being embarrassed for taking such a strong stance about something he had so completely wrong, but I'm not sure. This past weekend, we went to my cousin's wedding. Lovely young couple, both super smart with degrees in physics. Uh, she actually works at the space camp facility in Huntsville, Alabama. At the rehearsal uh, dinner, my dad stands up and gives his bizarre speech about how they need to remember and keep in mind that men and women are different. That in his day, the women stayed home and the man went to work. And that women used to treat the home as a showpiece. Um, this is a reminder, the bride works for freaking NASA. And here's my dad yammering on about the woman making a home a showpiece. His mother worked outside the home. Uh, so do I, as did my sister. His wife worked at a vet's office up until she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. What a bizarre statement coming from someone uh, with so many strong and independent women in his life. I'm trying not to take it personally. But it, it's mighty hard not to wonder what exactly he meant by that. And how he uh, he thinks that I'm sorry, and how he thinks that reflects on me or any of the other women in his life. I wasn't there at the rehearsal dinner, but I saw the video online later. Uh, what uh, what I did see firsthand was at the wedding. He showed up wearing a suit coat, dress shirt, tie, and cargo pants because he'd forgotten to pack his dress pants. He forgets things routinely, and I'm afraid that dementia is actually setting in. Due to this awkwardness in our relationship, though, I don't know how to approach him about maybe going to see a doctor or moving to a retirement community. 
I spend half my time feeling guilty that we aren't spending more time with him, and the other half being furious with him for being so disinterested, stubborn, and inappropriate, which, of course, makes it really difficult to want to spend time with him at all. It's okay that we disagree about stuff, but don't just shut down and refuse to speak further when there's a difference of opinion. Let's talk about it like adults. Or not, and we can talk about literally anything else, like my kids and what they're doing in school or whatever, but he just isn't interested in talking about anything but his personal philosophy. Uh, and if nobody in the room uh, disagrees with him, his doctor appointments or his job, which he only does two days a week now. There's only so much conversation space I can fill with that stuff, but believe me, I have tried. Uh, she says, finally, any advice you can offer would be much appreciated. He's my dad and I love him, but I don't want, uh, or, but I don't like him at the moment. I really don't know how to reconcile that. I hate this awkward void between us, but I can, uh, can't condone him treating us like we don't matter. And to be frank, straight up hurts me that he's spewing his misogynistic crap. Our garbage is the word she used. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll keep her anonymous. So that's a lot of stuff. That is a lot of stuff. Yeah. Where do you, uh, where do you want to, where do you, where's the first suture here? I don't even know where you start. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> well, first some acknowledgement. He's 79. He's uh, converted to Ayn Rand at 20. That's a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's entrenched. <laughs> He's pretty entrenched. Um, I mean, which kind of leads to this idea. She, she sort of, um, what I hear in it is just this longing for like a relationship with her dad, right? Mm-hmm. At its core, that's all of us want something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's on some, some part of a spectrum here with wanting a relationship with a parent, right? So on one end, it's, I absolutely want nothing to do with that person, but their only reason you could ever get there is because at some point you did and you were hurt enough. So then you eventually shell up and protect yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And then move along the gamut. She's somewhere probably moving towards that direction, but just kind of in the middle there to the to the other side where, you know, I desperately want a relationship with a parent um, and feel listened and heard. And sometimes I get that, sometimes I don't. But that, the, the sort of spectrum of desire about a relationship, you know, we can all be at different places at different times and that's okay. Mm. Um, we do, and I, we've talked about this on the show before, sort of the archetype of a mother or father or partner or whatever, the perfect version that we sort of have. It's kind of like it's an imprint in all of us and we either have something kind of close to it or not. And then part of our struggle in life is dealing with that. Um, you know, I don't know if, if you've, you know, you've known someone who it seems like their parent was perfect. Like, oh, they're so lucky. Their dad is blah, blah, blah. Or their mom is blah, blah, blah. And they may agree with you, but they often don't. I've had that experience where, you know, from the outside, you're like, wow, you have such cool parents. And they're like, nah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, or whatever. Sure. So, okay. So that's sort of at the, the forefront. I want to paint that picture of like, this is not abnormal. It's got a special flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and humans like to have connecting values, beliefs, even like, oh, that's my favorite song too. You know, we have all mm-hmm. sorts of ways that that say, hey, tribally, we're safe with one another. Mm-hmm. One another. And when your father has a very different set of values and the way he thinks about things, and then he's got some sort of old age inflexibility on top of it, can feel really disconnecting. Mm-hmm. Like we aren't even in the same 
tribe. <laughs> like mm-hmm. how, and, and so she's got the, the, the sort of age old guilt for anything that happens. It either works or like, it doesn't work when we are together. And so that's so frustrating. And because I'm needing to feel more connection, more tribalism there a little bit to use mm-hmm. that word. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I'm not with, but, but it makes you crazy. You feel like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this because you really are not connecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you walk away and you feel guilty because it's that familial connection and that sort of biological response to this is my dad. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was overtly, overly uh, academic way of looking at her situation, but it really is um, not uncommon and to some extent expected. Um, she just has a flavor that's, that's tricky, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what does she do? So I want to ask you, I'm going to throw it to you guys first. What does she do with this dynamic, in your opinion, to, because thinking in terms of connection as she's seeking, and then, you know, also this person is no longer a father figure, but that's kind of what she still wants from him. Yeah, because you'd hate for something to happen to him, and he's 79, he's, you know, not getting any younger, and you'd hate for something to happen to him and and them not to have this relationship you know for her to have this regret that she didn't try hard enough to to find that connection which it sounds like she's tried many many times to to make that connection um so yeah that is the toughest part of this is is how do you reach somebody who just seems like they don't want to be reached you know my my experience i had a recent experience that made me um wonder if it's if this has anything to do with it, when do you can tell me if I'm smoking crack or if this is uh, relevant, but, um, because Taylor's life since she was married and now since Van was born has been very busy. She's extremely busy taking care of the baby and she's doing a really great job at that and being very meticulous about eating schedules, sleeping schedules, like really trying to do all the stuff you're supposed to do, uh, for this little guy. And, you know, Dylan's busy working and they're, you know, trying to balance checkbooks and keep everything all on par, you know, just that, that's life. That's young life. And it's great. And it's fun to watch them do that. And I'm proud of them and all of that. But one thing I did notice about it is it meant that the bonding time you would have normally, it was being diminished that I would have with her. So father daughter time was, was less. And yeah. I would notice that father-daughter time with Carter was at an all-time high because I'm seeing her all the time. Um, she's still living here. She's, you know, she works in the day, but she's home at night. We still collaborate and do stuff all the time. So so that that kind of bonding was, was you know, experiencing a renaissance while Taylor and I, it's not like we felt like we were di- drifting apart by any stretch. It's just that I, everyone's so busy. It's we're fun. just not having it. Yeah, it's just not having mm-hmm. time to do it or or the opportunity to do it. And... And I didn't really notice it or I couldn't, uh, I, I, this wasn't even a thing I would have brought, brought up or said until we had four and a half hours in a car together the other day, uh, to go to this wedding up at the salt flats and perform that wedding and then do her photo stuff and then come home. We had all that time in the car going up and down that I suddenly found myself in full bond mode time with the daughter again, like not since high school, probably we had this kind of time together where it's just her and me and it's the open road and nothing else. And you're and the conversations are either happening or they're not. And we talked 
like crazy and it was wonderful and I loved every second of it. And it did feel like a reconnection, like a, uh, not the reconnecting of something that was broken, but a reconnecting of a, of an, a level of intensity that we didn't used to, you know, we haven't had for a while because it's just, again, it's been impossible. And so that made a huge impact on me. It's been, it's affected me all week in, in really positive ways. And I loved that time we had together. Um, and I felt like it, weirdly we were already close, but I felt closer to her as a result. And I think she felt the same and, and we just laughed and, and, and it was also, it was also the first time in a long time where her and I could just, the, the, all the conversations are very adult conversations. It's about her raising kids and what it's like for Dylan to change jobs. And, you know, it's not about high school. It's not about, um, some girl being mean to her or, you know, her phone, putting her phone away at dinner. You just, all those things are done. We're done with that. We're now in this new phase, right? So that was just a really rad thing. And I loved it. And I wonder if in this particular case, if there aren't opportunities or weren't opportunities for that to happen with the two of them that either they just missed or they could happen now and they just don't realize that they could do that. Like just her and him spend some time together. Maybe, maybe that would open some of that up. Or is that just too, is it too simple and are we way too far down the road for that? No, 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 not at all. I think it's a, it's a great suggestion. It just has to look very differently because I'm pretty sure you and Taylor probably have some similar tribal <laughs> connections. And, and it feels like you're willing to totally, <laughs> make that connection right. with her. Right. It doesn't feel like. And craving it yourself. Right? But, is, yeah. but yeah. actually, Brian, I think that is a really good point because I am going to argue that your dad, friend, emailer, is craves absolutely absolutely to feel like he's loved and wanted and needed and important every human does Mm -hmm. but he does not have the skills to get it right like Mm -hmm. and some of this uh protectionism is what i'm going to call it right like not openness to others thoughts or you know being alarmed that there's a woman superhero (laughs) like there's some there's some um you know you can just think well duh misogynist or that's horrible or how ignorant or whatever but if you really think of what some of that stuff sort of demonstrates maybe is that it's change is scary. It's hard. I don't know what to do with that. I'm alone. Um, I'm, I'm hearing this, the same thing repetitively on Fox news that feels comforting. Like there's no nuance. I don't have to, you know, and I, I think Ayn Rand, honestly, there's a bit of like, here's a philosophy for you to live your life with and you can discount all the people who are weak and have no merit. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. a simple philosophy. It really is in the end um, of just how to understand the world. And so no one does that who doesn't maybe feel like there's a there's some scary stuff out there, right? So maybe that hunkering down is a part of being vulnerable and trying not to feel vulnerable, mm-hmm. but at his core, like anyone's, he wants to connect. So take his little comment about the movie. That is a very poorly skilled way of connecting with a family is to rip on <laughs> Thanos and his plan. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's not the way to get close to someone. Right. But does maybe he just, A, doesn't know how to do that at this point. It may be even too late for him to learn some of those skills. So this is where we get into what um, – that, that spending time, what you do spending time can be, be different. Mm-hmm. So your, your picture of 
spending time with the daughter you're already bonded with, like extra bonded. I mean, that's very idyllic and great and yeehaw for you. And then, but, but when someone has not ever had that, they're not going to try to create that. What they, what she needs to try to create is a setting where he feels a little more loved and safe and she lets go of some of her need for that. So both have the same exact need and you and Taylor could drive in a car and both get that need. Yeah. When they're together, what happens is, and this is often true when people differ sort of ideologically on things, is they're having the the opposite of, hey, oh, I love that song. Oh, I love that song. Like when you say, oh, my favorite band is, or I love that comedian, and they have, they're stupid. You're like, mm-hmm. and we're not mm-hmm. connected, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, we should have that. We shouldn't all agree on all the same things. But what ends up happening is he says something sexist or mono- misogynistic or dumb or whatever, and it just gets your hackles up just because the it's the opposite. Puts wall up. Yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. And so this is where her with her fully functioning brain can do this is it, this is up to her. He's not going to change much. My is my assumption, right? Um but the things that she can do is it think of it as, as sort of changing her perspective on stuff a little bit. So one way um there's a great podcast and I will never know how to find it because it was a long time ago. Um, but this may sound familiar to somebody. Um, it was a story of this woman whose um, mother had dementia. Mm. And it was turning into Alzheimer's. It was Alzheimer's. And, you know, she was losing this relationship. And it was so frustrating. And the reason it's so frustrating, of course, is that you're losing the person. You're losing the response back that says, hey, I'm still present. You know me. I know you when you don't remember what just happened or mm-hmm. you're forgetting all of those things. That's why it's, it's such a torturous disease for those people who love those folks is you're losing them slowly. And there are these, Hey, we're not in the same tribe gut punches all the time, if that makes sense. Um, and so what's interesting is this woman and her, her partner, her husband were um, improv people. Mm-hmm. Like they did it, improv comedy, improv, mm-hmm. whatever, all the time. That was like their jam. And, this woman watched her husband interacting with her mother um, in this amazing way. He just did improv. So it was always yes and. Mm-hmm. So whatever garbage came out, <laughs> we'd be like, yes, and da, 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 da. and they would go on these long trails down whatever road because it's none of it's making sense. Mm-hmm. But when you say no, mom, that's not it. That's not right. That's not true. Then you've stopped, right? Mm-hmm. And so she had this this great epiphany of she could and and this this her mother were just delighted in spending time with her husband. Mm. So he got to be with her, even though it wasn't always making sense and wasn't you know. But this yes and concept can be really powerful. So you don't have to go, you know, women are dumb and don't read any books they write and go, yeah, dad, great idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a version of yes and with him that you could test out to see what does happen. So Scott, your point's a great one. Be alone with him. Take him to dinner. You keep wanting him to care about your kids, but he's not going to potentially ever, or he's not going to until he feels dumb, like he's cared for. And you're going, hello, I've cared for him all this time. Well, maybe in this different way, this and yes that's, and way. And that's a point that she brings up. She's actually in the, uh, the, the chat room and she said, 
you know, she's tried being kind of having alone one-on-one time to bond with him. She took care of him after he had nurse surgery and they basically both sat there in silence looking at their phones. And I'm thinking, all right, well, that's because he's in a position where he feels like she's obligated to take care of him. Whereas if, if the two of them went out to dinner or did something that was not a caregiver situation or not a feel like an obligation situation, right. like going out to dinner, he might have a different perspective. Mm. Right. Right. And here's the main key here. Stop expecting anything from him. And mm. this is hard. This is like saying, you know, if you went to a, a seven-year-old child and said, don't expect your parents to nurture you, love you, feed you, take care of you. Mm. You're like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, impossible. And we're all seven. We're all seven. So it's always a shock when the person who is supposed to be raising us is unable mm-hmm. to do a thing that we need, yeah. even though, of course, um, even at so, seven, even okay. at seventy nine, uh, you know, my mom, what, mom's what eighty one, eighty one, um, yeah. and you know, faculty wise, she's doing all right, but uh, there's still there's parts of her now where I where she'll say something or do something, and I'll go, you're supposed to be a mom, like you can't ever take the role out of it. You know what I mean? Right. Like you should be able right. to because she's eighty one and. You know, I just turned 50. We're all, we're well past the, the nurturing, you know, teen years. So I shouldn't have that block, but you still do. It's still like, well, I see you do. you're that person. You do. And, and, and you should, because what would take it away? Nothing, nothing takes that away. However, using some Jedi mind tricks, you can make this so much easier, which is number one, accepting him for who he is. Mm-hmm. So I hear this and I go, oh, you poor thing. Don't we wish your dad was different? And of course you wish your dad was different, but guess what? He is who he is. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to find the joy in who this guy is if you always want him to be something else. So just flip this, flip this for a second. When your parent wants you to be something else, Mm -hmm. are you ever yourself? Are you ever safe? Are you ever, no. Some of the most, the biggest damage parents do to children is have some decided role, et cetera, for them, you know, how they act, who they are, what they do. I mean, then that person doesn't have the freedom to be themselves and figure who that is. So we've just, just flip that for a second. He is not safe to be himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not letting him be that. Now, I know it's like crazy. <laughs> like I get what I'm saying, but if you can find a way to, I don't know, meditate a lot before and to really like take a deep breath and just really try to see him, really listen to him, ask questions. Don't make it about you. One dinner, you can do it. One dinner where it is not about why is he not being a dad? Why mm. is he not caring about my kids? Why is he stupid about MCU? All, like all, all expectations the out the window. Gone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're imagining you're meeting a random old guy at a restaurant and your job <laughs> is to understand who he is what he cares about, what he thinks, and hmm. and do not insert yourself one bit. Just do it for one Almost dinner. Like you're doing an interview kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. And also, mm-hmm. like when he gets crazy and says stuff that's like, "Oh boy," then mm-hmm. you just go, "Oh boy." <laughs> All right. Well, that's good to know. That's really in there. <laughs> you, go, you go. Where can people find you online? <laughs> <laughs> At the end. Let's end the interview. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, and yeah. and also maybe there is this just it's this practice of. If dementia is on on its way, improv is the answer. I mean, it really is the mm. you're you're going to. I, mean, I hear a lot of shutting down, silent, don't know what to say to each other, don't know where to go. I mean, that occurs 
you know, sort of there, there's a teenage relationship here that continues to, to exist, mm-hmm. which is it's not safe for me to really say what I think. And both of you are experiencing it, but you're the grown up in the room now. And that's the hardest part. We want our, our parents are supposed to be above us. And there comes a day in every single person's life where that switches. Mm-hmm. And either the parent dies suddenly and then you're grieving and you're sort of lucky in that regard. Or there is the sort of slow decline where they turn into the children and now you're the adult. And guess what? That's coming for you as well. Mm-hmm. And and so this cycle of life is tricky. And we don't have classes for this. We don't talk about this. This is so developmentally normal. It happens to everyone. But it's exhausting and we feel alone and we don't know what skills this takes to learn. You know, we can't like prep for this very well. And so, I mean, this kind of shorthand, I think, Scott, you sent me the link for that. It was a. um, Yeah, it seems like I think it was a fresh air interview or it's the same woman and she's doing the rounds on it. And I think it may have been another show like Radio Lab or something. But it's this audio here. And I was reading the transcript is very similar to what you were talking about. So okay. this might be so, yeah, it. I think it might have been Radio Lab, actually. Yeah. yeah. So just, I mean, maybe it's like, all right, email her. Get a little meditation practice going. <laughs> Give yourself a couple of weeks of that so it's effective. And then make sure you listen to this podcast. Get yourself geared up to not making this fun dinner with your dad about you. Mm-hmm. It's so hard yeah. because we're all egocentric. We are. And so how they say, someone says something and how does that affect me? I mean, it's just second nature. But if you can sort of channel this, just be curious and non-judgmental and open. See what he does. I, I guarantee he's going to be surprised. And maybe you're going to hear some things you didn't know. Um, maybe it's one of a few dinners that need to happen. You know, this isn't maybe just one magic bullet, but... I think there is a chance for you to have a relationship with your dad, but a couple things have to shift. And that is not him doing anything differently. It's you creating a little bit of safety and letting go of, of needing him to do all these other things that the archetypal dad would do. It would be a given that your dad would care about your kids and ask about them and do all the things. And, right. and you know what? I meet people whose dads do all of those things and they still have a problem with their archetypal thing isn't quite being fulfilled. Right. So expectations sort of the, you know, killing the, the chance for connection here. Right. I, uh, since she's in the chat, it's been good to have sort of the back and forth. Um, for sure. Yeah. About this stuff. And, and, um, I hope we get a follow up from her because the one thing we kind of glossed over, um, that is a thing that must be mentioned is that her sister was murdered by her husband eight years ago, not her husband, uh, the husband of the sister. Yeah, uh, the sister. Of, yeah. 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 And when this happened, it was awful and there were news stories and I'd actually seen a news story about it before I had heard from her directly that this was her sister and I just could not believe that you always re- you see these things on TV or in the news and you just go, oh, that's a thing that's happening and it's horrible and awful, but it's someone else and I can't relate exactly because I don't know them and this is really nothing that ever happens to me or people I know. And that was like the first time I'd ever seen something like that. It's like, oh my gosh, I know this person. How must this feel to have it be their sister? And then you start having all these feelings like, what if that was my sister? What if that was, you Um, know, like it's just, it got real close real quick. And, um, And I don't know how much of this has to do with his unwillingness to have dealt with that. It feels like a lot. 
it would be a lot for me. Like I would not be in a good position if this was something, you know, if I was a dad and one of my daughters was killed by the, you know, horrible dude that married her. I don't know what, I, I don't know how I'd handle it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, no, it, would be, well, it, it would be a Steven Seagal film is what it would turn it into. It probably would right. be. I'd go on or, or, or in this guy's case, probably a massive part of you shuts down. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, and, and you, I forgot about that part of the email. You're right. Yeah. Um, just very much protectionistic. That makes a lot of sense why you just kind of don't trust anything new and different. I mean, if you think about, um, sort of how we're built, it's, it's all happy go lucky until we start getting hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have to protect yourself. And so, you know, being close to you may be very terrifying because he can lose you. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's some maybe really deep stuff here that you, you don't know is affecting his behavior exactly. Um, and he sure doesn't know how to talk about it or work it through with somebody. Um, so, I mean, that, that's right. That, just, that makes just, a lot of sense. That just feels enormous to me. Like I, how yeah. could it not be the mm-hmm. most, the biggest elephant in the room possible if he's not right. dealing with it, if he's not facing it, or if he's shutting himself off from all other kinds of emotional interaction because he doesn't want to ever go through that again. I mean, I don't know, right. but. And his wife died and he's sort of left on his own and grieving and, you know, it'd be hard to say, let me get real close to your kids. Okay, because something bad could happen to them too. You know, there it may be one of the reasons he's he 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 does some of the things, and then he just doesn't have the skills to sort of have these relationships work well. You right, know, right. so heartbreak is a powerful thing for sure. And obviously, she's lost a sister. That yeah. is, it's her own. You know, that's got to be part of her story, of course, too. And then also just maybe the longing for this closeness when you're all you got at this point or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it, it affects everything. Mm. So what we need to do is put you two in a story core booth mm. in New York city. Yep. People could benefit from that. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Th- those are crazy. Cool. The way those have affected people, that story core know. thing, the booth. It's amazing. Yeah. You'll get people in there that would otherwise never talk about any of this stuff. And there's something about them knowing that they're, on a mic space or something yeah but they're also on a mic and it may be shared publicly but it's like uh i don't know it's like you suddenly you have to (laughs) you've agreed to do it so it's it's voluntary but you also now are in a position where you feel like you have to talk it out i don't know i don't know if that would work in this case yeah and the way the room is set up i mean it's it's psychological genius it's pretty smart stuff Um, it is really amazing um real quick too and you know as he's maybe needs to see a doctor or move into some care facilities. I mean, this, this is only going to get harder. Um, and so maybe there's just this sort of window and maybe you think about it like, okay, for the next six months, I'm going to Zen out and Mm -hmm. hang out with him and have no expectations and see where you things can go. Um, because at some point you'll probably be needing to help him do some of these other things. And that's going to be pretty hard mm-hmm. um especially when he you know maybe doesn't trust all the people in his life yeah so so, so yeah n- not to sound scary but this is usually old age doesn't make things better no <laughs> make it easier with Ma- time makes it harder 
I put yeah. the link to that episode thing in the chat. Hopefully that's helpful as well. Cause I, I remember that same thing. You and I listen to kind of the same shows, I think. And, um, I remember yeah. that conversation. It was kind of eye opening cause I recognize a lot of the same frustration in her email that I did in that woman's story until they yeah. just like flipped the script and, you know, not that this is, we don't, he's not diagnosed with this or anything at this point. Like we're, we're in a different stage with her dad, obviously, but, um, that was just, it was fascinating. And they recorded, that's why I'm sure it was radio lab or something is it was, they recorded a lot of stuff at home with, with the parent, with the mother that was, yeah. that was yeah. slipping away. And then they had all this crazy audio and it was, it was really good. I wish there was another way to track that down. Someone in the chat will be smart and they'll, they'll find it. Okay. Um, no pressure. Uh, all right. Uh, well, that's a great, uh, uh, no more problems to solve until Wendy gets here next weekend when there'll be a big handful of them in our own family dynamic. That'll be good. Uh, no, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing everybody. <laughs> and, um, we're going to, we're at, it turns out we're going to be hosting a bunch of it here. Kim's really stoked to make food for everybody and, and we're going to have a great time. So excited to see everybody. It's going to be weird though. Cause it's, um, not having Adams there, there is weird, but also all the kids that used to be kids are all kind of grown up now. And so yours are yeah. the kids now. It's, it's just yours. It's weird. I know. Yeah. So we need all these like 25 year olds to take my <laughs> seven year old swimming. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of stuff to do. And hopefully all the 20 somethings are going to enjoy that because I think it sounds like a blast. We're going to do a little art camp for uh, Carter and I for Wendy's kids and uh, I just feel like the kids, the kids are the funnest part because once they're gone, like, what's the point of any of this? <laughs> like, we can all just kind of get together for lunch sometime. But you know what I mean? Like, it's way more fun with kids. So I'm glad your kids are coming. We need more babies. Get those babies. Yeah. And and here's the thing. I remember I, I'm in this weird position of like Taylor's schedule with the baby and mm -hmm. what's the most convenient for her. And Misha's sort of like, yeah, I mean, you can take a baby anywhere. And I'm like. No, no, no. It was only seven years ago. I remember this. Yeah, she forgot. So if you if you want a sleeping happy baby, you don't just take them everywhere. Yeah. So I'm I'm like the I'm the what I'm the Gen X dude. That's what I am. Yeah, Gen X. I was the I'm top the end. You're the lower end. Uh, but hopefully these millennials work out and Generation Z. Good luck is all I'm saying to them. Good oh, luck, Nick, them. and all your friends. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see you uh, next week. May uh, you have safe travels and all of that, and we'll talk then. Bye now. <laughs> she was speechless at the end speechless <laughs> well it's, it's, i heard a little click like uh like her microphone shut off for a second so she might have said something oh, more, i don't know yeah she may have something brilliant to say and i missed it you no, never no. know <laughs> oh no 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 it wasn't that no <laughs> no nothing brilliant was said all right that's the end of today's show and uh that doesn't mean it's the end of our broadcast week though because tomorrow at 3 30 yeah. mountain time we will have a tms pm uh, we will have, of course, Brian back for that after a week, and we will do all the things Yay. we do on PM. Very excited about it. It'll be great. There will be an instance tomorrow morning, absolutely 100% guaranteed. And uh, the rest of the day today, I don't know. We we had to push core last night um, to today, so that's probably tonight at 7. But everything else in between, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I don't know what's happening. I'm going to seriously take a nap because I feel like garbage. Uh, well, it's just, you know, you, you definitely little, sound down a not, little, like, a little under the weather, like just, just something beaten, beaten down. Yeah. Bit, I got know. a little something, a little bug, a little something. Mm -hmm. I haven't had like a, a proper virus in a while. So this is probably good. <laughs> you gotta go, <laughs> <laughs> About time for a proper virus. Yeah. Get in there. Get your, get your white blood cells going, you know, 
do do the stuff, hang out with them. That's right, Gene. You're gonna take a nap with Rainer in the hammock. That'd be good. Anyway, perfect. That's uh, one of your one of your ten items too. It is one of my ten items right here. Mm-hmm. Nap with the dog number four. Boom. There you go. Um, don't forget, you can support this uh, show and all of its surrounding nonsense at patreoncom TMS. Uh, we do not burn through forty grand worth of weed a month, so uh, we could use your help to just uh, survive. That'd be awesome. We need to be able to afford forty grand of weed every month, everybody. <laughs> so please support us on Patreon. I'm just kidding. Yes, please do that. patreoncom TMS. No weed will be bought with your contributions. No. Patreon.com slash TMS. Also at frogpants.com slash TMS for everything else. You want to email us, themorningstream at gmail.com, including stuff for Wendy if you have it. Uh, you can also leave us voicemails at 801-471-0462. That's 801-IS-10-HAMS. Uh, that's it. Brian, music, please. Yes, sir. Have you some. All right. This one uh, is going out to Matt JH13. Uh, he says, hello, shooting buggy. I'm celebrating 365 days of marriage to my amazing, beautiful wife, Andrea. Uh, Andrea. 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 On uh, August 11th. Where would that come from? Andrea. Oh, know. that's a uh, moon unit. That's uh, oh. uh, Valley Girl. Right. What's your name? Andrea. We just talked about that. Uh, that's great. Probably Andrea on August 11th. I'd like to request a song anytime around that date to celebrate a woman so gorgeous and loving as her being willing to marry a man like me. I don't have anything specific in mind. I trust your expertise will prov- provide a wonderful song for the occasion. Thank you. Keep up the amazing work, Matt H. Nice. Well, absolutely, Matt H. And it's funny because I don't know if Scott was seeing our shared folder where I sent him the music, but I actually uh, had three different songs in there that I put in there and like, oh, no, that's not a good one for this because lyrics maybe weren't like they were cool songs, cool covers, but maybe not appropriate. So I'm saving them for uh, for next week. Um, but this one definitely feels like it's uh, appropriate and great. This one came out on a tribute to Paul McCartney back in 2001 called Coming Up. It's performed by the Gadget White Band, and it's a cover of Maybe I'm Amazed. All right, there it is. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you then. Maybe I'm amazed at the way you love me all the time. Or maybe I'm afraid of the way I love you.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I had to finish my lunch.